S my D one two S my D S my D one two D. Ooh. You're listening to Commander Cookout Podcast, episode 48. I'm Brando, I'm here with Ryan, and today we're going to tune up Edgar Markov for our buddy JJ in preparation for our brand new arc. Now hit our theme song! Hey Ryan, we're back for another whirlwind adventure. How you doing? Good, what's going down? Whole ton is going down. We're finishing up our friendship arc, talking about a tribal deck that our buddy JJ plays straight out of the box, and we're going to try and take it out of the box and make it something a little bit more CCO friendly. Yes, tribal you say. Tribal I say. Hmm. Where could we be going with this? Well, I think we're going to use this deck to bridge into the next arc. No intermediate, no interim episode, straight into Arc of Tribal. Arc of Tribal. Ooh. Now that sounds like what Magic has been doing kind of as a whole over the last little while, what with Ixalan and Commander. So... What are we going to do that's so revolutionary, Ryan? Um, what are we going to do? We're going to go back into some of the history of our own show, and we're going to pick out some of the ridiculous tribes that we've made fun of, and we're going to build them. Ooh! <laughs> oh! Very excellent. <laughs> yes, so we're going we're kind of we're going to step away from the combo decks and the kind of tuned decks that we actually play against. <laughs> we actually got called out on it by a couple of listeners on Twitter. Um, they said, what are you guys doing? This is so not CCO friendly. You guys suck. <laughs> that kind of stuff. Well, we appreciate the trash talk. Yeah, yeah, you guys. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so we're going to kind of go back to our roots and we're going to build some, We you, you could call it jank garbage, but it's not jank garbage because all the decks we build are effing good. Pure gold. Gold. Gold garbage, if yes. you will. <laughs> yes, we have the Midas touch. Yes. Where it's still garbage, but it's it's pretty. Yeah. Make sure if you have the Midas touch... You don't touch your wiener. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you remember, like, King Midas, right? He got all sad. Oh, I can't hug my kids. Oh, I can't eat some food. What when he tries to take a pee or wipe his butt? Well, Think he probably that. had servants to do that because he was a king, right? Oh, is that a thing that kings do? Well, if you're the king, you can do whatever you want. I'm the king of CCO Nation. Does that mean somebody's going to wipe my butt? Mm, maybe Kyla? Hmm. Kyla? Hit us back, commandercookout at gmail.com. Will you wipe my butt, given that I am the king of CCO Nation? Maybe Kyle Schultz, he's the Popa Podcast. He's our number one patron. I feel like the separation of church and state would prevent that from happening. Ah, yes. And him being, like, in Germany. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe you'll have to wipe your own butt. Oh, that's the worst. Well, at least you won't turn to gold. Oh, that's, yeah, okay. There's there's an upside to everything. You'd have a gold nugget. That would be funny if you did that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my. So Back to the real world? Back to to real life, yeah. We should, uh, should we do social media coordinates? Then we'll get into the kind of the before the show stuff? Sure. Okay. Social media coordinates, as I mentioned earlier, commandercookout at gmail.com is our email address. That's where you can send us love mail, hate mail, trash talk, show suggestions, questions, comments, no nudes. Nudes, you could send nudes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're also Commander Cookout on the iTunes, the Google Play, the Google Machine, edhrec.com, Patreon, YouTube, that's them, and we are CCO Podcast on Twitter and tappedout.net. And tappedout.net is where you can see the list that we're going to talk about today. There's actually another list we're going to talk about today that we might also put up there soon, uh, and any list that we talk about in the future or on any past show. Shoutouts. Shoutouts. Shoutout to new patron... Cody Risland. He became a patron last week, like right as we were recording. Ooh. And uh, we we just 
missed shouting him out. So shout out to Cody. Thanks, Cody. Funny nickname? Grizzled Cody Grizzland. Rizland. Rizland. Rizzled Cody Rizland. Not grizzled. Cody Rizland. It's perfect. It's perfect. It rhymes. If he was a wrestler, that's what they'd call him. I think so. And I they'd put him in like right. a little fur vest and he'd come down to the ring and he'd have his fists all taped up and he'd be yelling Haas. Like the berserker. And I wonder if he's like 17 feet tall, like big lumberjack, and he comes out wearing like a big plaid vest. You're all about the plaid, I man. like plaid. No, Have you seen the Canadian stuff at the Olympics? All the Canadian stuff is plaid? No. It's nice. I haven't seen a single figure skater wearing plaid. And that's no, the, not the figure skaters. They don't the, wear plaid. That's the event that's on when I'm at work, and that's when I watch TV. Can you imagine like sparkly, sequency plaid? It could be fun, I guess. Could be. I imagine way. grizzled Cody Risland coming out with a big, huge beard and long hair. It's got like sticks in it. <laughs> and he's wearing a big, thick lumberjack like sweater, but it's got its sleeves cut off. And his rippling muscles are showing through underneath. And he's just got like short cut off shorts, so short the pockets are hanging out. <laughs> big <laughs> fucking combat boots. <laughs> I, I don't think we're describing a wrestler anymore, Ryan. Maybe that's that guy at that bar that you were telling me about that one time. <laughs> um, back to the show. Back to the show. Back to the show. Okay. So we're talking about Edgar Markov today, and we're using this episode as a bridging episode, like we mentioned. Our buddy JJ plays this deck, and we wanted to include it in the arc of friendship. But we knew we also wanted to do a tribal list. So we thought, what better way to include tribal because there it's a brand new i guess push that wizards has done over the last year with ixalan rivals ixalan and commander 2017 so why not smash them all up together like a bunch of chicken parts and do a show oh this is like chicken nugget dot episode i think so because chicken nuggets aren't very spicy and they're delicious the stock list of edgar markov is not very spicy but i think it's kind of good it's it's good. Like and JJ's played it a few times, and JJ, we do a little thing on on each of the friends in the arc of friendship, and JJ's awesome because he'll play what he has at his house, right? And he's been playing a long time as he just kind of randomly accumulates cards because you know his whatever his auntie will buy him a pack of cards for Christmas, and it's like, hey, I'll put this in a deck, right? Yeah. So he bought this deck. He's played it stock a few times, and I don't know if it's. Is it like the your first, your last, right? If you're first, you're last. But this deck's never first, so it never gets targeted or beat down. But it's not a bad deck either. So if it gets left alone like we usually do with stock lists, because we assume they're underpowered, it's like he comes from behind and, and, and wins or almost wins. And lots of his decks are like that, just because he kind of gets left alone long enough where he just eventually does well. It's very strange. Yeah. F you, JJ. F you indeed, JJ. Um, so should we talk about some Edgar Markov? Actually, we got one more thing that we should have mentioned a couple minutes ago on the top of the show. You had mentioned a deck list that we're going to be putting up in the future. Yeah. It's actually our next giveaway. Ooh. Ooh, indeed. That's fun. Yes. And after that, we actually have another one. Wow, we're going. We're, we're, are we out of our minds? I feel um, like a used car salesman. Well, you know what? We actually, two things. Two things. The extra little giveaway that we're doing was because we had a member of CCO Nation, a one Mark Niles. You'll remember Mark was the winner of the Sliver Queen Planeswalker contest. 
It came with a really cool Planeswalker card. That was neat. He did. And when I contacted him to tell him that he won, he said, you know what? I've got lots of cards. I like slivers. I have lots of slivers. Why don't you guys keep the prize and give it away to another member of CCO Nation? Good on you. So you guys have the opportunity to win that now. That is going to be the regular style of winning. Regular style. F the regular style of winning. Mark oh. Niles <laughs> okay. gave up his prize, so we should do something more special. Now, what we didn't do for Mark Niles is come up with a sweet nickname for him. So instead of us doing it, CCO Nation, if you want a super sweet sliver prize pack, you need to send us either on Twitter at CCO Podcast or Gmail, CommanderCookout at gmail.com, the sweetest nickname you can think of for Mark Niles. Oh, very And the sweetest excellent. nickname will win a cool sliver prize pack. And the cool sliver prize pack has, you know, it, a bunch of uh, premium deck series sliver foils like Sliver Overlord and Gem Hide Sliver, Muscle Sliver. It also has a couple other things. It also has a foil Magmatic Sliver from M14, I want to say. M14. And it also has a couple little tribal because this is the Ark of Tribal, cards in it. We have got away with not telling everybody what's in their prize packages and sending them some surprise cards. This one's going to be no different. So if you want to win this one, come up with a sweet nickname for Mark Niles, shoot it our way, and we'll share it with CCO Nation, and hopefully Mark can get a sweet nickname like Kyle Schultz Pulpa Podcast. Yes. Excellent. And or Mr. The Third. Mr. The Third. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, for the main giveaway, we actually have a completely assembled, ready-to-play deck. It's sleeved. It comes with its all its own color match dice. It comes with its own tokens. And it comes in a really actually nice, fancy Ultra Pro box. The, the kind that has the dice tray in the bottom. <laughs> and fits 100 cards and sleeves. And... and the deck box is my favorite color. Deck box is yellow. Yellow is my favorite color. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Not not of magic, but like <laughs> Yeah, in, that's not in, a color. In general, yellow is my and it's even my favorite shade of yellow. Like a bright banana yellow. Yeah. Oh. Sunshine yellow. Someday when I'm super rich and I can afford to paint my car any color I want, that's what color my car will be. Very excellent. And I'll never lose it in the parking lot ever again. Patreon.com forward slash CCO podcast to help Brando get his uh, yellow car. <laughs> no, the deck, we're going to post it up on our tapped out page. It's about $100 worth of cards. And then you've got the deck. It's got dragon shield sleeves and the dice. So we're looking at $120, $130 value, it's American too, monies. It's not too bad. So that's like $589. Yeah. Canadian. That's almost $600 in Canadian value. Right? Yep. Yeah. And the commander for the deck is... Thraxamundar, and it's a zombie tribal deck. Neat. Yeah. So there's lots of room to build there. Uh, if you've ever been interested in building the zombie tribal, this is a good takeoff point. There will always be zombies, and there are so many zombies in Magic that you probably have some kicking around your collection, or you could go to any local game store, and you could pick up the stuff to tune this or spice it to flavor. Now, how do you win this fabulous prize, Ryan? Ah, very good question. We are going to be launching our Facebook page <gasps> for the Ark of Tribal. Oh, my God. It's going up this week or next week, whenever this episode goes live. And for a share or a follow of our page, that'll get you an entry. Ooh. So 
and that's the only way to get entries. Oh, so we're being dirtbag. Yes. Promoters, oh, oh, Now, you can double dip. Remember, if you are a patron at the whatever level, you get that many more entries, right? And this one is exclusive from any Twitter likes or shares or retweets or whatever you want to call it. This is a Facebook-specific contest. Sweet. So follow, share the page. You'll get entered. Excellent. And check out the deck. We'll have a link in the show notes to it. Yeah, it's, it's a neat deck. It's fun. All right, now, now, now should we talk about Edgar Markov? Okay, fine. All right. Let's do everything that you want to do. <laughs> so Edgar Markov, a la Commander 2017, for those of us who are, are, are unfamiliar, here we go. Edgar Markov is a 4-4 for 6. It's broken down 3, red, white, black, so he's Mardu colors. He has eminence, so whenever you cast a vampire spell... If he's in the command zone or in play, you put a 1-1 black vampire creature token into play. Edgar Markov himself has first strike and haste, and whenever he attacks, you put a plus one, plus one counter on each vampire you control, which includes him, which is pretty good. It's a laundry list. He's a, he's a, lot, of, a lot of text on him, lots of abilities. So he's, uh, let's say, base 4-4, four, four, first strike, haste for six. Probably fine. And hey? he turns into a 5-5 five, five when he attacks. And then he turns into a 6-6 six, six when and he attacks And it's an attack again. trigger, not a damage trigger, right? Right. Most vampires have when they do damage to a player, they can get bigger. Or lots of them Or do, when a creature say. they dealt damage to dies this turn. That was the classic, like, singer vampire from Alpha yeah. ability, right? Yeah. Is he in here? Uh, Is he in the stock list? I feel like he should have been. I think he should have been, but he's not. Eh, Whatever. Stupid wizard. Maybe we should put him in. Do we want? Okay, getting into the recipe... These stats that I'm going to read are for the stock list, because remember, that's what JJ plays. How about instead of doing that, let's just go quickly over the stats of the stock list, because everybody knows that it's everywhere on the internet. If you want to know what's an Edgar Markov right out of the box to see what JJ plays, just look in your closet at your Edgar Markov deck. Oh, yeah, <laughs> mine is actually in my closet. <laughs> you could just Google Edgar Markov deck list and find it on like Wizards website or... MTG Goldfish or Tapto.net's probably got a thousand of them that are stock on there, right? Yeah. Um, so I guess, yeah, just quickly, 26 creatures, 7 instants, 11 sorceries, 10 artifacts, 8 enchantments, 37 land. Wow. And 1 tutor, no planeswalkers. And I say 37 land and pause because the average converted mana cost is... 3.71, which is just a touch higher. I mean, maybe one out of every three or four cards has one more mana tacked on than what we would normally see in a commander deck. And I think Edgar doesn't like that. Edgar wants you to have like the one and two drop vampires, right? Because you play one, you get another one for free. When I cast a one drop vampire and I get another one drop vampire equivalent for free, hugely powerful. It's very strong. And then if they all had haste, let's say, you can attack with all of them, and then they all become 2-2s two or 3-3s three or 4-4s. Four they get bigger when Edgar attacks, right? Yeah. So let's plow through our upgraded creature list. How many do we got? For creatures, we have 31. So we added five creatures. Yes. Okay, let's just run through some of these highlights here, just because, I mean, again, stock list. We'll just kind of run through what we've got, what we've added, and then... Yeah. Yeah, I you know what I think the first one that I want to talk about then is Bloodline Keeper. Bloodline Keeper is a 3-3 three, three flyer for black black two and it has tap create a 2-2 two, two flying vampire creature token and you can pay black to transform it if you have five or more vampires. Which you definitely will. You definitely will. Yeah, you just you you have 
two or three by the time you cast him. And then when you cast him, you get another one for free in addition to him. Yeah. So you can probably cast him. And he's like turn three, four. If, and if you saved him an extra turn, you could cast him and flip him on the same turn. Dang. Yeah, and what is five he, mana. And he flips into a 5-5 five, five flyer that gives other vampires you control plus two, plus two, and you can still tap him to make that 2-2 two, two flying vampire. So pretty powerful card. That's a hell of a card, He's a one. token generator, and then when he flips, he becomes a lord. So definitely, definitely an upgrade there from whatever the hell we took out. I don't know, probably some dirty garbage. <laughs> I added a Bloodthrown vampire as well. Bloodthrone Vampire being a 1-1 for black one, sacrifice a creature to give Bloodthrone Vampire plus 2 plus 2 until end of turn. Interesting sack engine. Interesting sack engine when you have a whole ton of tokens, especially if you can give Bloodthrone Vampire flying or make it otherwise unblockable or spend some of your removal to get something out of the way. This deck actually can generate a lot of creatures when you reduce the converted mana cost down to 3, 3 flat or sub 3 with a whole bunch of one and two drops. Just bang, 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 bang. Aggro. Having played Extended and I guess even a modern deck I played that has Bloodthorn Vampire in there, it's amazing how versatile he is, especially in a deck where you're playing lots of small things, where you have lots of other small things. Because in aggro decks, one of the big issues is life gain. And in EDH, one of the really powerful things you can do to avoid dying to aggro is play lifelink creatures. And in this deck, if they swing in, let's just say Worm Coil Engine, because he's the perfect example of it, you can block with a vampire token, and then before combat damage, you can sack the token to your Bloodthrown Vampire so they don't gain six life. And it makes the Bloodthrown Vampire bigger so she can possibly eat whatever she's blocking. Do you remember playing with Nantuko Husk? Sure do. In, like, Onslaught, and then in Odyssey, you could play with... Carrion Feeder, we talked about him last week. Yep. Sacrifice a creature to make another creature bigger. Very powerful. Very strong effect. Yep. Onboard combat tricks. I don't know. They're not the best, but they're very powerful. Okay, next up we have uh, Gatekeeper of Malakir. He is a 2-2 for black-black with a kicker of black. And whenever he comes into play, if he was kicked, target player sacks a dude. Yeah, so you could pay three mana, get a 2-2, get another 1-1 from Edgar, and make them sacrifice a creature. All on turn two. It's pretty good. Yeah. Next up, we got Gifted Aetherborn. Another two drop. He is a he's a vampire nighthawk that doesn't fly. Yeah. So he costs black, black for a two three. Yeah, and for a two three death touch lifelink. I think that's pretty good. It's a solid card. That's a solid aggro card. Very good. Uh, next up, we have Indulgent Aristocrat. He's a one one for one with lifelink and a very very relevant ability. Tell about it, Ryan. So he has two. Sacrifice your creature, put a plus one, plus one counter on each vampire you control. Huh. I wonder where we'd get the extra vampires to sack. Every time you play a vampire, you're going to get a vampire. Yeah. So you could think of it like this. With Bloodthrown Vampire in play and Edgar Markov in your command zone or on the battlefield, every vampire you play costs or has a kicker of two sacrifice a creature. If you pay the kicker cost... Every other vampire gets plus one, plus one, permanently. Dope. Yeah, and he's a one drop. Next up, we have Legion Lieutenant. I actually gave one of these to JJ yeah. last Tuesday because I got one in a, in a, in a booster pack. He's a, other va- he's, a, he's a lord. He's a lord for two. White, black, two, two. Other vampires get plus one, plus one. I think the important thing there, other than other vampires get plus two or plus one, plus one, he costs two. A lot of lords cost three. Yeah, yeah. so he's cheaper than other lords. And he's going to bring a 2-2 with him when you 
have Edgar, right? Cause, Excellent. Yeah, it's like it's 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 you're getting two two twos for two mana. Two 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 for two. <laughs> he is the walrus. <laughs> Just kidding. He's a vampire. He's gonna bite your neck. Uh... <laughs> Their teeth are the same shape. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next up uh, of our additions, we have Malakir Cullblade. He's a uh, one one for two. Whenever a creature an opponent controls dies, put a plus one plus one counter on it. Oh, it seems like all of the meanest vampires are from Zendikar or Innistrad. Well, that's where vampires they, lived before they were pirates and yeah, they're, all, they're all chasing Jace around. It's <laughs> yeah, stupid. Uh, next up, we have Pulse Tracker. He is a one one for a black, a single black. Whenever it attacks, each opponent loses a life. Single black. So Here's you get, your key. So you get two one ones for one, and one of them will always do one. Yeah. Superstar in Rakdos, FYI. <laughs> uh, continuing our one-drop vampire trend, we have Stromkirk Noble. He's a one-one for a red. Can't be blocked by humans. And whenever he hits another player or hits a player, he gets a plus one plus one counter. Yeah, so that's kind of a classic vampire ability, right? It's like he bites you, sucks your blood, and you get bigger. The next one I added again, just because it's a two-drop. Vampire Interloper, actually really good for Innistrad draft, draft, aggro. Vampire Interloper, 2-1 for black, one flyer, can't block. Kind of a classic black ability because you want to be turning them sideways. And remember, when you play him, you're not getting two power, you're getting three power. And some of you are listening to this and you're saying, Brando and Ryan, what the F? Why isn't that a bloodgast? Because he just recurs, and it's basically the same creature just without flying. And the reason for that is we tried to keep the budget of these cards down because JJ isn't going to listen to this show and then go out and buy any of our suggestions. So we had to pick things that he could basically pick up off the floor and someone would give him for free. Yeah, so in, in actuality, we'll talk about this in the budget section, but we added about 50 bucks to the deck. right? So if the deck costs 40 or 50 depending on where you're going to get it, and then you add 50 to it for $100 total, you're going to have a pretty pretty aggro deck and if you wanted to actually build it from scratch it's going to cost you about 64 dollars and then 50 more dollars to make the changes excellent yeah that's, that's pretty all right uh okay going down here i don't know if i like this particular guy in the deck but but ryan added him uh we got vampire nocturnus who is a three three four one black 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 where you play with the top card of your library revealed and as long as the top card of your library is black Vampire Nocturnus and other vampires you control get plus two, plus one, and have flying. There is a lot of black cards in the deck. The majority, like three quarters of the deck, is black. But I can see where you would lose value with it because it isn't mono black vampires. Also, 37 cards in the deck are land. So almost half of it won't turn him on. Oh, I suppose, yeah. Yeah, like lots of the cards are black, but once you include the land, there's a lot of not black stuff. And a three, three for four three of which are hard black, is just, it's nice when it works. Yep. But even when you're playing him in mono black, there's lots of times where he doesn't do any good. Playing him in three colors is... Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And he's like six bucks. Maybe that's a potential cut. Yes. Okay. Moving on. Moving on. Seven instants in the stock list and seven instants in the tuned up list. The sweet list. The better list. So we actually didn't change the instant section. There's still seven. There are seven. Uh, we wanted to talk about one in particular, that one being Teferi's Protection. But why is that, Ryan? It's actually like twelve fifty, And if, if you're building the deck or if you bought the deck and wanted to get some trade fodder, you could kind of offer this one up for sacrifice. The reason that I think it's in here is because it's the... Give it a read. 
Tefri's protection is instant for two and a white, and it says, until your next turn your life total can't change, and you have protection from everything, and all permanents you control phase out. And they actually changed how phasing works when they released this, and tokens can phase out and not dissipate, and then they can phase back in. Would you like to hear a magic conspiracy from Angry Brando? <laughs> no, but yes. <laughs> I think that they printed this card specifically so that you could stop, so that they would stop phasing out batter skulls and then having them not come back. Because batter skull needed to be better, so they printed a card that let them change the rules so that batter skull is now totally goddamn untouchable. I hate that card. <laughs> Vision charm is the thing that target creature phases out it's yeah. from visions isn't it another gem from visions <laughs> that no longer is a gem because they changed how phasing works yeah because it's stupid equipment still comes back god i love visions and mirage god i hate batter skull <laughs> <laughs> so tefri's protection both a flavor win and for you if you don't really want to play it in the deck um it would go really good in something that has a ton of etb effects yeah you know what it goes in this one is because you have a ton of tokens yes and you want to phase them out and not get wrath because it's an aggro deck it dies to wrath as it does right so it's good in there but you could cut it moving on it's moving along 11 sorceries we actually didn't change any of those either those are all stock and i think that most of them are pretty good like there's a bunch of sorceries that I play in a bunch of my black decks in there ambitions cost siphoned mind they're Card draw spells. Kindred Charge is badass if you've never played with Kindred Charge. I'm not sure if it's just new for Commander, but... It is. It was. It was yeah. C-17 original. It's a great card. It gives you a copy of all of your attacking creatures. Yeah. Of a certain type, and you can beat wholesale ass with them. It's really cool. Yep, and since we're on the Ark of Tribal, let's give Blood Tribute a read. Blood Tribute is sorcery for four black black kicker. Tap an untapped vampire you control. That's the tribal element there. Target opponent loses half his or her life rounded up. If Blood Tribute was kicked, you gain life equal to the life lost this way. Woohoo! So, like, take 20? Is that our girl Olivia on the card? It is. And Soren and Edgar. Specifically, that art. The original art, I think, from Zendikar had yeah, some Zendikar-looking vampire. I know that she's just a, an animated character, but Olivia and Valderin, so hot. Seven artifacts in our tuned-up list. Ooh. The only one that we added was a coat of arms. Coat of... What, what does coat of arms do, Ryan? Do <laughs> coat of arms. Now, preface, you have to be careful with coat of arms, particularly in this day and age, because there is more tribal decks running around. Yes. That's and our public service announcement. Yes, but now we'll read you why that is. So it's an artifact for five. Each creature gets plus one, plus one for each other creature in play that shares a type with it. Hmm. Holy shit. Yes, so if you have 10 vampires, they all get plus 9, plus 9. Yeah. And how would one have 10 vampires in a deck like this? You would have to cost cast 5, and you would have 10. That's excellent. And all of your vampires would get plus 9, plus, plus 9. Nine. There you go. Of course, the danger of that is if somebody else is playing vampires or changelings or, God forbid, something that swarms just as fast as Soldiers you. Soldiers like or sapperlings. Or goblins <laughs> or elves or something. You could eat a whole bag of dicks real fast. Yeah, your day would be over. So watch it. But I like that card. It's a very good card. There's also a Door of Destinies in here, which is a really sweet tribal card. Yeah, it's uh, kind of the same. It's slow, but it only works for you. It, it costs four. Choose a creature type. Whenever you play a card of the chosen type, it gets a counter. And then creatures of the type get plus one, plus one for each counter on Door of Destinies. 
So I, I think another long game aggro card, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. The other one I want to touch on is Harold's Horn because that's new in 2017, and that's about it's only about five bucks now, but it was like ten or twelve for a while. When it comes to play, choose a creature type. Creature spells of the chosen type cost one less, and at the beginning of your upkeep, you can look at the top card of your library. If it's a creature card of the chosen type, you can show it to everybody and then put it in your hand. And that costs three mana. So a third of your deck is going to trigger on that, or you're going to you're going to hit on a third of your deck with that. And your three drops cost two. Your two drops cost one. Don't mind that. Yeah. Lands, 37. Well, because it is a budget deck, we are sticking to basically the basic fetches. Terramorphic Expanse, Evolving Wilds, some comes into play. Gain lands, the Karoo lands. Nomad Outpost is the Tri-Land, right? Yes. And then just some random utility lands. Like there's a Kabira Crossroads in there. It comes into play tapped, gains you two life. There is a Path of Ancestry in there as well, which is a tribal land. It came out with Commander 2017. Comes into play tapped. You can add a mana of any color to your mana pool in your commander's color identity. And when you cast a creature that shares a creature type with your commander, you can scry one. Very good land. That's excellent it's like land. It's like Command Tower 2 almost, right? Yeah. It's like downside comes into play tapped. Upside, if you're playing tribal, scry one every turn pretty much. Yeah, that should filter your, your deck out pretty good. That's awesome. Yeah. If you want to spruce up the land section even further, you could do up a Vault of the Archangel. It uh, taps for a colorless, or you can pay two white, black, and tap it. Creatures you control gain death touch and lifelink until end of turn. That's pretty good. And it's it's three bucks. I think three uh, bucks is fine. It's not too bad. It's between three and five bucks. So like 14 and 100 Canadian. Yep. And the foil ones are like 30. That's the commander tax. Yeah. Commander tax. I like that. Because we live in Canada, so you know all about taxes. Yes. yes. Good thing we don't live like in Finland or Norway or something. <laughs> but if we did, we'd have better education and nicer roads. That's true. And if you compare Finland or Norway or uh, Sweden to the United States, less guns. <laughs> Some political commentary for you. Yeah. Okay, enchantments. We added a couple here that uh, I think are actually really good for the deck. First one, Anointed Procession. That is for three and a white. If an effect would create one or more tokens under your control, it creates twice that many of those tokens instead. Yeah, so you cast your two drop, you get a one one and another one one. So the 2-2 that brings in a 2-2 for 2 now is a 2-2 that brings in two 2-2s two for 2. 2. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think the message there is spend 2 mana, get 6 power worth of dude. That is excellent. Yeah. Uh, the card does cost $9. It is a little expensive, but it's worth it in this deck. I think get them now, too. Hey, they're only going up. Yeah, the odds are they're probably not going to reprint that. Yeah, they haven't printed Parallel Evolution. Yeah, they Parallel get to, lives, I mean. Every time they print a card like this, I feel like it comes back to bite them in the ass. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this is no difference. So they're going to try and pretend like they never did it. <laughs> just like doubling season. <laughs> yeah, they're just going to pretend like, like it doesn't season. exist. Uh, next up, we have Cather's Crusade. Another this is good Ryan, one in this one, yeah. It's one of Ryan's favorite cards. It's uh, an enchantment for three and two white. Whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, put a plus one, plus one counter on each creature you control. I don't even want to do the math on that two, two for two that gives... Plus one and gives nope. another two two and I'm not doing it again. I'm not doing it. Nope. Your guys get big, turn yeah. them sideways, beat wholesale yeah. ass. And you, in the example of the two two for two that brings in two two twos, they'd actually all be three threes. <laughs> and, and they would all no, trigger. They'd be Cathar's six sixes. Crusade individually. They'd be six sixes. Wow. Big big. I don't know. It's outrageous. The moral of the story is 
very play, good play in this Cathar's deck. Crusade in this deck, I might actually give JJ one just because it's that good in this deck. In any deck that plays creatures as quickly as this one does, you need a Cathar's Crusade. I think so. It's it's simple and they're mathematics. printing the hell out of it. Yeah, like it was in Commander seven or sixteen. It was in like fifteen or fourteen, and it was in Avacyn Restored or whatever it was in. Either way, it's two fifty. Just pick a couple up. Again, they might be a little bit trickier to find in like the local game stores because they probably are pretty popular from Commander. Yeah. But they're worth picking up if you're making an order or something. Just throw a couple in there. You will not be disappointed. For sure. Now, last enchantment that we added, Stencia Masquerade. What the hell is that? That's... Yeah, I know, right? That's like a... I think it's probably a vampire staple. It's got another hot lady on it, too. So it's an enchantment for two and red. Attacking creatures you control have first strike. Dope. New paragraph. Whenever a vampire you control deals combat damage to a player, put plus one, plus one counter on it. It gives all of your vampires vampire ability. But wait. There's more. There's more. It also has madness. So if for some reason some jerkball decides to make you discard this, you can just play it. So discard that sweet enchantment. Nah. Nah, just kidding. I'll play it. Yeah. That's, that's what it says. Man, I would do that just to, just to hurt a feeling. You know what I, I mean? I love hurting feelings. Everybody just card a card. Sweet. I was going to do this anyway, but I'm going to do it on your turn. Aha. <laughs> okay, so just to give you a little bit more feel for the deck, because we're going to be running short on time with some of our other suggestions, there are seven card draw spells, nine targeted removal, five mass removal if you include Anawan the Ruin Sage and Butcher of Malachar. So those are both vampires. Anawan the Ruin Sage makes... At the beginning of your upkeep, each player sacrifices a non-vampire creature. You won't have to sacrifice any. And Butcher of Malachar is a 5-4 flyer. For, he's got 7. But whenever Butcher of Malachar or another creature that you control dies, each player sacks a creature. So you're making your opponent sacrifice creatures incrementally, which can be back-breaking on a, on a deck that doesn't play a whole ton of them. Right? Especially if you have a bunch of tokens and a Bloodthrown Vampire. Yeah, exactly. And then it's got a bunch of Wraths and stuff, right? Like, So you've got some of that. Ramp spells, you've got a Pawn of Ulamog and a Black Market. And those both give you mana when stuff dies. Which, stuff dies. I mean, you're playing 14 removal spells plus everybody else's removal spells that are going to trigger your Pawn of Ulamog and Black Market. Plus everybody who's playing a Sakura Tribe Elder or a... Yeah, anybody who yeah. sacrifices their own stuff yeah. is going to trigger your guys, right? And Pawn of Ulamog, when a creature dies, is going to give you an Eldrazi spawn, and you can sacrifice that for a mana. And Black Mark is an, is an enchantment. When a creature dies, you put a counter on it. At the beginning of your main phase, you get a black for each counter. So that, lots of times, that actually adds, you know, 10, 15 mana. Like, think of how many creatures die before an enchantment gets we, removed. We've seen some pretty big Black Markets in our time. Quick black market story. I know that we're time, but this is funny. So I was looking through my collection for a black market for some deck I was building. I don't remember what it was for. And I was convinced, convinced in my brain that All Hallows Eve was black market. What? So, they don't even look the same. No, they sure don't. And they're in no way alike apart from they're both enchantments and they're both black. So I'm going through my collection. I'm I like black market. Throw it over there. Black market. Throw it over. There. I'm just hucking like every black market I find is just getting out of it. Because I'm looking for this goddamn All You're Hallows looking Eve. Looking for Al, Al Hallows Eve like a pumpkin and a ghost on yeah. a card. And I got so pissed off because it turns out I don't have one of those. 
And then I go to look them up, and it's like, fuck, that's too much money for this casual card. I just want to play this. So like, And I forget who I was talking to, but they're like, oh, you mean black market? And I just looked. I was because I had found like eight black markets. <laughs> and all I, like, I didn't bring the deck that night because I didn't have this card in it, and I really needed it. And they were just, I bypassed them without even thinking. The trials and tribulations of... Uh magic card hunting yeah when you know when there's just too many card names bouncing around in your head ay worst 11 lords and tribals matter cards it's excellent lords meaning they're going to give you or sorry your vampires plus 1 plus 1 or they're going to give them that vampire ability that they all get plus 1 plus 1 right yeah and tribals matters cards like herald's horn and door of destinies and coat of arms so there's 11 of those you're going to be turning sideways like crazy i guess if we're going to talk about how to play the deck, because we usually do that, uh, turn creatures sideways. Yeah, you pl- you you take the creature in your hand. Yes. And you tap some land. Yeah. You put it onto the table. Okay. You put a token into play. Yeah. Turn them sideways. I like it. There's your line of play right there. I actually have a note here. Fast aggro, low converted mana cost creatures in quick succession to power out an army. Or, long game, use vampires to kill... And or deter people from attacking and you until you can start beating wholesale ass. Yes. I think that's how JJ plays it. He'll play and sit back, play and sit back, play and sit back until he sees an opening and then boom, take twenty five. Yeah, that is that is how he does it. Now what you could do for this deck if because with these kind of low to the ground, hyper aggressive strategies, sometimes they can get shut off. One interesting thing you could do to this is add that uh what's that thing for the two two for four that makes your swamps tap for one extra black? You get a Cryptgast, you could add an Arcana Revenant, which is a vampire that also makes your swamps tap for more. You could add an uh, Urborg to do the big mana and put in something like a Exanguinate. And with the exception of the Cryptgast, all of those cards are even on flavor because there's a Tomb and Exanguinate is a vampire thing that they do to you and Arcana Revenant is a vampire. Mm -hmm. So you can keep the flavor going and you can have like that long, grindy end game strategy where you just make a bunch of mana, and just kill everybody at once. I like that. That's like Black's secondary or tertiary win condition yep. so much of the time. Yeah, and you can put that in any Black deck, which is why we didn't really add it here, but yeah. I mean, if you wanted to have that late game... I guess just be careful, right? If if every Black deck you play wins with Exanguinate or Torment of Hailfire, or, or um, you know what I like is Debt to the De- Deathless, which is Exanguinate times two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Okay, so I guess moving on, we talked about buying the deck for 40 or 50 bucks and then adding 50 bucks to it. You could also tweak the land base a little bit because it is janky. Lots of comes into play tap lands. And if you have or if you want for 70 bucks, you could do Godless Shrine, Sacred Foundry, Blood Crypt. Those are the three shock lands. Right. And then you could do. Cave of Koilos, Battlefield Forge, Sulphurous Springs. Those are the three pain lands. Then you could do Isolated Chapel, Clifftrop Retreat, and Dragon Skull Summit. Those are the three lands that check if you have a basic of another type in play. All for 70 bucks, And you've got what I would consider a pretty tuned mana base. It's not too bad at all. Yeah. You could, you could skip getting Alpha Beta unlimited revised duels you could skip getting fetch lands because remember you are playing terramorphic expanse and evolving wilds so you can get your basics so your check lands still check right 
you can get your pain lands and you can get your shock lands and none of those come into play tapped which is important when you're playing one and two drops yeah. no none of those we didn't really mention i think that in a deck like this where there are so many hard what do you call them pips yeah hard pips i think that if you wanted to invest a little more you could skip on the pain lands and go for the filter lands instead your fetid heath and your whatever the hell the other two are called. I can't think of them off the top uh, of the head. Graven Cairns yeah, is a, a red-black one. one. Those are pretty cheap. They're common. Well, Fetid Heath is actually pretty expensive. Are Fetid Heath big fetid money Fetid Heath is money, yeah. What is a Fetid Heath? You're the English major. That doesn't mean I know the, the, the meaning of every word ever spoken. Yes, it does. Actually, Ryan, you're right. It does. I didn't want to show off, but since you're going to push me, Fetid means it's stinky or offensive to the olfactory senses. <laughs> That's your nose. Yes. And a heath is like a field that's been vastly overgrown and isn't cultivated. So it's a stinky field that nothing grows <laughs> in. <laughs> it sounds like a lot of northern Saskatchewan. It kind of does, doesn't it? <laughs> Every slough or swamp or bog in like from Saskatoon to Yellowknife, I'm sure, in northern Canada for people not from Canada, I'm sure every slough or swamp has like a fence running through it. How do they get those fences in there? I don't know. You know what I'm talking about, though. I sure do. There's like I a sure fence do. post in there. and Some of them are underwater. You're driving by and you see big like, like lakes almost. And there's yeah. a fence post popping out yeah, of it. Yeah. Or just all of a sudden, a fence will materialize out of the swamp. It's like, <laughs> oh, well, it's so deep that it's over the top of the fence. <laughs> Dang. Now that I've flexed my vocabulary muscles for everybody. Yes, I'm going to continue flexing the budget section. Yes. After you spruce up the lands, you might notice, if you check out our list, no signets. F signets. Yeah, I cut them all because everything in the deck costs one or two. Why do you need to ramp with a signet to get to other than like Butcher of Malachar, which costs seven? Yeah, he's a late game kind of beater anyway. And honestly... Costing seven, I might just cut him because he's only a five four for seven. He's he's a really cool effect. He's a really powerful card. But if you really want that effect, just play Grave Pact. It's on curve. Yeah, or if you want to budget that effect, Dictate of Erebos. It's the same thing as Grave Pact, but it costs one more and has flash and has flash. Yep. And instead of being like one black black black, it's three black black and Correct. It has flash. Yeah. And whenever one of your creatures dies, everybody sacks a creature. So those are my budget inc includes or my budget cuts or my tune-up cuts. I cut eight of the creatures and added eight new creatures. Cut the signets. I added Stencia Masquerade, Anointed Procession, Coat of Arms, Cathar's Crusade. What do you think you would add? Because you added a maybe board to our list. Yes, I did a maybe board. What I did, again, just in the spirit of how we're doing this for JJ, I only picked things that I had in my trade or extras binder. Excellent. That's so, how JJ does it. Yeah, so these are things that JJ could per possibly come by. Uh, first one, Blood Craze Neonate. That's a two drop. I actually I considered this one. I have it in my notes but didn't add it. Yeah. He's a uh, two one for two uh Attacks every turn of Fable, and it has that vampire ability to give itself plus one, plus one counters. When it deals damage to a creature. Correct. Yeah. To a player. Yes. Next is Blood Crazed Paladin. He's from Ixalan. He is a 1-1 one, one for one and a black with flash, and he enters the battlefield with a plus one, plus one counter on it for each creature that died this turn. So if you happen to get Wrath, you got a, a giant beater for two. Yeah, and keep in mind that your one ones for two, like those last two cards that we just read, are actually two power for two mana. Very good. Yep. 
Uh, next up, I had an extra Drana, which is a 2-3 for Black Black 1. She's flying first strike whenever she deals combat damage to a player. You put a plus one, plus one counter on each attacking creature you control. So she's kind of like Edgar 2. She is mini Edgar. Then we got Alendra the Dusk Rose. I put her in there just because I thought you would appreciate that. Oh, yeah, that. yeah. That's my new deck I'm building. You just you just built her. She's a 1-1 one, one for 4 with lifelink. And whenever another creature dies, you put a plus one, plus one counter on her. And then whenever she dies, you get a 1-1 one, one lifelinking vampire for every plus one, plus one counter that was on her. And vampires will die. Trust me. Lots of things will die. This is my favorite one of my additions. I like this guy lots. I think this is him anyway. Guldraz Overseer is a 3-3 for 4 and black black with flying, and it has landfall. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, creatures you control get plus 1, plus 0 until end of turn. And if that land was a swamp, so if you have an Urborg Tomb of Yawgmoth, all your creatures get plus 2, plus 0 instead. Whoa. So with Urborg, if you play that, let's say, what's that? Fetch land I like to play so much. Myriad landscape that finds two. Yes. So it comes into play. Everybody gets plus two plus O. Oh. Sack it to get two basics. All you guys get plus four plus O. Oh. And now you're beating wholesale ass. So excellent. Now the only caution I would say with that is this deck, even with our tune up, doesn't play Urborg. So just be weary. But yes, Myriad Landscape, very good with that. Yeah. Even if you just go and find two swamps. Yes. It's super duper good. Yep. I'm not sure this might be loose, but I thought it might be kind of good just because I had an extra one. Markov Blademaster is a 1-1 one, one for 1 red red with double strike and vampire. Can we just call that ability vampire? I think so. Like that one Whenever it deals snake. damage to a player, put a plus 1 plus 1 counter on it. Yeah. So if you can sneak him through somebody with no blocker, or her, I guess. I like that because it deals damage twice. Yeah. She's, she's neat. It's a 1-1 one, one for 3 that is actually kind of like a 2-1. That turns into a 3-3. Three, three. Yeah, and you also get another 1-1 one, one with it with Edgar. Yeah, I think it's good. Think and it's when solid. it attacks, it gets a plus 1 too, right? Oh, no, Edgar has to attack to give everybody plus 1. Yeah, but, but she's a good card. Uh, next up, we're going all the way back to what is this, 5th Dawn? Yes, fifth so Dawn excellent. For, I have one of these. For Mephidros Vampire, another 3-4 three, four for 4 in black-black with flying. It makes each creature you control into a vampire into each of its other types, and it gives them all vampire. Huh. Yeah. Is it the original vampire? Oh, no, Singer Vampire. We already talked about that. Yes, we just kind of need... If you happen to play something that isn't a vampire because you're tuning it or you want to do that, but it gives all your dudes vampire, which is critical because even if they are vampires, they get vampires still. So your vampires without vampire get vampire. Vampire. So now I got uh, two of the best vampires ever printed, <laughs> ever in life. We have Torian Mahler and Mirror Entity. They are shapeshifters, 4-3 vampires in addition to being every other creature type. Torian Mahler gets a plus one, plus one counter every time an opponent plays a spell. Yep. So he can become immense very quickly. And Mirror Entity is a 1-1. One, one, uh, you can tap X, and until end of turn, all of your creatures gain all creature types and become XXs until end of turn. Super sweet. So if you can sink a lot of mana into that guy, it'll turn all your 2-2s, two your 3-3s three into 9-9s. Nine and then if you have Coat of Arms, they have every creature type of everybody on the battlefield, so they get even huger. Correct. Yep. So good. Moving into some flavor-ridden enchantments. Oh, I know this one from a couple weeks ago. You said you hated it. I do hate it, but I like it in this deck because okay. it's budget, and it gives some much-needed card draw to, to the deck. Yep. In Argul's Bloodfast, 
It's a black enchantment, one and a black. And then for one and a black, pay two life, you draw a card. And then the other ability is worthless and I hate it and screw it. When you have five or less life, flip it and you get a diamond valley. Yes. Which is tap, sack a land. Sorry, it's a land that says tap, sack a creature, gain life equal to that creature's toughness. So, I mean, maybe if you're going to lose, it might pull you out. But probably not because it's, it's not very good. But it gives you some good card draw. Next up, I I really like this card. Cover of Darkness is an enchantment, also for one black. It's a little on the expensive side. It's three hundred Canadian dollars, or about seven dollars American. Yep. Uh, choose a creature type when it comes into play. Creatures of the chosen type have fear, so it gives all your vampires fear, which means they can only be blocked by artifacts and or black creatures. I don't mind that. Originally from Onslaught, hey, never reprinted. Yeah. Oh, because they don't do fear anymore. Correct. So it would only... be like Cover of Night. And it would give them all Intimidate. I think or, Cover of Night's actually a card, isn't it? Or it would be like Cover of Menace, and it would give them all Menace, because they do <laughs> Menace now. Yeah, it's stupid. Stupid everything. Uh, next up is Legion's Landing. This is a standard card Ryan was telling me on our way to the studio uh, today. I think it has to be, right? It, I think it is, too. It's also, it's like five bucks. It's an enchantment for one white. When it enters the battlefield, you get a 1-1 one, one vampire creature token with li- Vigilance, is it? Or Lifelink? Lifelink. It's Lifelink. And then when you attack with three or more creatures, it flips over into a land, and that land makes vampires with lifelink. I don't mind that. I don't... I, I'm not a big fan of the cards that just sit there and, like, mobilization, or um, Oketra the True and Heliod, like, where you have to pay three or four mana to get a token, or tap it and get a token. Kijelder and Outpost from ooh, Alliance was like that. Ah, they're just not my type of card. And if it's five bucks and we can put something that's going to beat more ass in there for like 50 cents, I'm game. Definitely do that, yeah. Uh, going down, we got Profane Procession. It's another one. It's another new card. Just, again, have it laying around. It's an enchantment for white-black one, and then for white-black three, exile target creature. If there's three or more creatures exiled with it, you can flip it over. Once it's flipped over, it also turns into a land that adds one mana of any color to your mana pool or... You can go white, black, two, tap, put a creature card that has been exiled with it into play under your control. Yeah, that's a new one from Rivals, right? And fits the fits the bill like all of these have thus far. It's a buck twenty-five, and it it's a spot removal for a great big beater, which is the thing that's going to beat this deck. A blinking massacre worm would be a nightmare oh, for this deck. We so dealt just, with that the other day when we were playing me and you and stupid Jesse. If you Jesse. Uh, next up, we have Radiant Destiny. This is another good one. Enchantment, white, two, comes into play. Choose a creature type. Creatures of the chosen type get plus one, plus one in Vigilance, as long as you have the City's Blessing, which is you have ten permanents, which in Commander isn't even really a requirement. Because you're <laughs> yeah. always going to have ten permanents, probably. Especially in a deck like this, where you're going to get your two for oneing every permanent. Exactly. You you're going to go one. Dro- you're going to go land, one drop vampire, get a token, Land, two-drop vampire, get a token. Land on your turn three to get, what is this card? Radiant Destiny. Radiant Destiny. That's already eight. It's already eight permanents. So on turn four, you go land anything. You go land this, and that's it, basically. It's, it's, yeah. Uh, I guess, not lastly, we got two more. Uh, Shared Animosity, not really a budget card. But another card that's really good in a tribal oh, deck that's yeah. low to the ground. I like this one. Creatures that get 
attack get plus one plus over each attacking creature that shares a creature type with them. So all your vampires turn into little tiny mini goblin pile drivers. And anybody who's ever played with goblin pile driver knows how good that feels. Yes, you're going to turn your vampires into ass-beating goblins. Yes, and that's excellent. And lastly, but not leastly, if you don't want to pay for a swords or a path, you can always pay 200% more mana, but 800% less money <laughs> and play a crib swap. Crib swap. Which is a removed target creature from the game. Its controller gets a 1-1 changeling. You know what? I I think that's a loose include because you're going to give them a changeling, which is a vampire. That's true. And if you got Coat of Arms, they're going to have like a 10-10. You're getting rid of their... You know, they're 5-5 five, five Sarah Angel to give them a 10-10 ten, ten vampire. But if they don't, if you don't or have... Or four 4-4 Sarah Angel. If sorry. you don't have Coat of Arms, plus it counts as a vampire spell. So Ooh. I think when you play this, you get... A, how does how does that go? When you play that, do you get... Another vampire spell. That's right. Yeah, so when you play Crib Swap, you get a vampire. Super secret tech! Woo! Hooray! So that's my little maybe board. You can check that out on tappedout.net if you go look at the deck list. Yeah, for sure. It's all there. So final thing, because we're not going to do milk list today. We're not going to do spice calculator today just because the deck is a little bit all over the place. And we wanted to make sure that JJ got all the recommendations that we had for the deck. But we do want to do a little bit of a strength and weakness section. Now, we did cover some of the strengths and weaknesses already. We said it's aggressive. It's fast. Another strength, it's inexpensive. You could just buy this deck and play it. That's what JJ did. Spent 45 or 50 bucks and pick up a couple freebies for gives for 50 cent type cards and have a pretty ass-beating deck. Like a lot of the recommendations that we have made, with again a few exceptions, are things that if you have good friends in your playgroup, they'll either give them to you or you can just do like junk trading if you just yeah, have a junk pile trading of that's my favorite kind of trading yeah it's my favorite thing i yep. bring my trade binder everywhere i go but nobody likes to do junk or commander trades really at the events i go to so it's hard to trade cards and that makes me sad because hmm. i love trading cards i even have cards that are good that they want but nobody brings their binders anymore and if they do it's like oh here's all my dual lands and planeswalkers that i don't want anymore because i'm selling out of standard for the 14th time because i live in my parents basement yeah now that jace is legal in modern again i'm just gonna play jace all the time yeah yeah and lose on turn <laughs> four when you tapped out for jace yes dink <laughs> <laughs> The other strength of the deck, it's highly tunable. I mean, we talked kind of about two different paths where you can swarm in with aggro beatdown strategy or you can play a little bit of a longer, grindier game, maybe with some of Brando's includes like Legion Landing and Profane Procession, like that, right? Right. Weaknesses, hard to play the aggro game with all of the tap lands that it plays. Yes. So if you were going to spruce the deck up with some actual dollars and cents, I would spend them on lands that do not come into play tapped correct and we did look at those filter lands and they are a lot of money fetid heath is like 50 bucks battlefield forge whatever the whatever the damn uh, red rugged white one. prairie rugged prairie was 20 or 25 and yeah. then little old graven cairns is 250 <laughs> 250 yeah definitely pick that up De definitely pick up graven cairns for this deck filter lands are excellent it's you gonna let you hit uh your turn one like red stromkirk noble and it's gonna let you hit your turn two etherborn vampire yeah Bang, bang. And well, you've got like 17 power worth of dudes on turn two. Let's do a more ridiculous example. You can go Mountain, Stromkirk, Noble, Graven, Cairns, tap those for double black to play a Bloodgast. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. We said the same thing. Did we? 
Sort of. Good. Okay. Because we're both smart guys. The only other thing that I can think of, if if you're going aggro strategy, Edgar can kind of telegraph when you're going to alpha strike. Now, he has haste, but, I mean, maybe just be careful when you set it up. There's no, like, let's be honest. Edgar Markov is not Crater Hoof Behemoth. He's not Overrun. He's not Triumph of the Hordes. He gives your guys plus one, plus one. So you're going to either need to tick them up incrementally or have a Cathar's Crusade to get them all big at once, or you're going to maybe have to attack with Edgar a couple of times. So it can't Alpha Strike that great despite being a fairly aggressive deck. Correct. So take that with a grain of salt because, I mean, it's all situation dependent, but it's something to consider when playing the deck. Yes. There are other decks, particularly green ones or maybe red ones, that could probably Alpha Strike a little bit better just because they have access to cards that are meant to do that, a la Overrun or, I guess, Shared Animosity would be a good... Yeah, that's a good one. That'd be a good include for that one. So I guess that's really all we have to say about Edgar Markov, Vampire Jesus. Uh, <laughs> I like that, Vampire Jesus. <laughs> he ain't got long hair. <laughs> so I guess we can run over real quick, just a reminder of our, our new super fun contest, Mark Niles Nickname Contest. Win yourself a cool sliver package. With extras. With some extras. And our, our big, our push, and sorry for pushing, but we got to do it because it's the right thing to do for the podcast. Thank you for supporting us. You can support us on Facebook, and if you do, you will be entered to win a super-duper sweet, very tunable, very good playing out of the cool box that it's already in, zombie deck. With dice. With dice. And remember, that is for a follow or a share of our soon-to-be-launched Facebook page. Is Facebook, like, shh like and follow the same thing when you like something on facebook at least from my phone when i do it it automatically makes me follow the page so if you like the page and you automatically follow it as a result good on you if you just follow it and don't like it f you <laughs> <laughs> no but it should do it automatically cool and of course if you share the page or share any of the content on the page i think that's fair to yeah. do as well because we're going to be posting up some infographics there on some kind of commander cookout stuff yeah like open flippy.drinky oh maybe we should do that tonight smitty's coming over oh we could we can stop and grab some packs or something oh do you remember the flea market we went to yes we went to this flea market just randomly it was down the road from brando's house and we seen the dollar store repacks that we buy for open flippy.drinky and I saw a whole big hanging down section of guys selling magic stuff. And I was like, yes, that's why I came here to get cheap magic cards. So I go over and I say like, hey, wait a second. These are dollar store repacks. And the corner where the price tag was at the dollar store was all cut off all the packages. Instead of $1, he was selling them for 2 <laughs> What a piece of shit. God dang, what the heck? So I tried to go to the flea market to get some super sweet deals, and I would have ended up paying twice as many monies. 100% more monies. That's like, oh, that's terrible. That's a kick in the face. That's what that is. Yeah. Yeah, it's bad news. Bad so, news, Bruce. Um, final thoughts of the day. Final thoughts of the day. Not a whole lot to say. We did just kind of spice up a stock list self-servingly for one of our friends who we really want to be better. So, JJ, get better. Hashtag be better. That's what my wife says to me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and that about that really just kind of sums it up. Just be better. Even when you see things out of the box that are good, you can always make them into something better, something more. 
and something that's a lot more fun. And if you look at those things and you're not quite sure how to make them more fun, you can always join us here for the next episode of Commander Cookout Podcast. Hit our theme song! Woo! Did it. Plaid? No.